You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 609 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland. It is late Tuesday evening into Wednesday morning, and this is a pseudo-emergency podcast. Not a true one, I would say, but uh, I put out a tweet earlier on Tuesday after the Hawks made a roster move, and uh, Kevin Shinar, good friend of the program, hosted ATL 29 podcast, writer for Hawks.com, uh, did some gentle needling of me that, that I should do an emergency podcast, and uh, instead of waiting a day or two to record my last pod of the week, I am moving it up, so unless something crazy happens, this will be the last podcast of the week, but of course, if there is a signing, I will come back, but still, there's a couple things that I want to touch on, and we will end the podcast talking about Brandon Goodwin, the newest two-way addition to the Hawks, but first, um, the preseason schedule has not been formally announced by the Hawks just yet. But uh, some sleuthing took place between Chris Livermore of the AJC and others on on Twitter on Tuesday to realize that uh, actually all five games from the Hawks have been announced. And I can confirm this is the full five-game slate at this point in time, at least what I understand it to be. The only thing that's up in the air at this point in time is the broadcast schedule and availability. The only time, the only game that we know about the broadcast stuff locally is the opener, which is going to be Monday, October 7th with the Hawks against the Pelicans. That news broke actually a while ago during Summer League, but the Hawks will host Zion Williamson and company in that game. You have Zion, you have Jackson Hayes, you have Nikhil Alexander-Walker, you have Drew Holiday, all kinds of interesting talent projected to play in that game. We'll see if everybody actually plays, but that's the uh, that's the opener of the season for the Hawks on the preseason side of things anyway, the State Farm Arena opener of the year, uh, followed by the last, the second and last home game, which is the October 9th game against Orlando Magic, a division clash um, with some interesting stuff there. And then the Hawks will end the preseason run with three straight road games in a four-day period, which is kind of brutal, honestly, because it it almost ensures that we're going to see some rest from some guys on one end of that back-to-back. So the Hawks play on the 14th of October in Miami, the 16th of October in New York at at MSG against the Knicks, and October 17th against the Bulls on the road in Chicago. So, you know, it'd be pretty irresponsible to throw all the primary guys whether it be Trey Young, John Collins, etc., out on the floor for three games and four nights in October. So I'd imagine that one of those games at least will be a a skeleton crew. But still, uh, it's preseason. That's kind of what you can expect to see from the Hawks. But, you know, I I put put out a countdown earlier in the day. We are, uh, at least on on the bright side, less than three months away from NBA basketball again, even if it doesn't necessarily count. And um, the schedule is going to be a little bit later starting, as you probably figured out by now. Last year, the Hawks were playing regular season games by the middle of October, but everybody in the NBA has pushed back a week from last year and uh, that's why you see the preseason starting a little bit later and uh, five games in a uh, I guess an 11 day period for the Hawks in early to mid-October look forward to that last thing aside from Brandon Goodwin which we'll touch on at the end is that Team USA um, has players dropping like flies I've got a lot of questions about Trey Young and John Collins um, who are both on the USA select team who basically exist to scrimmage with Team USA, but Team USA has suffered a, a bunch of defections at this point in time. In fact, I'm sure it might have even changed between now when I'm recording this and the time that it posts later tonight. But for now, the, the uh, Team, USC, t- t- Team USA crew is uh, a pretty skeleton crew right now. It's Kemba Walker, Kyle Lowry, Donovan Mitchell, and Marcus Smart 
on the pure perimeter guys, like point guard slash combo guard types. You have Jason Tatum, Harrison Barnes, Chris Middleton, and Jalen Brown as the sort of wings on the roster. And then a bunch of bigs, Andre Drummond, Kevin Love, Miles Turner, Brooke Lopez, Paul Millsap, good friend of the program, of course, uh, Thad Young, who we just added to the roster, Paul, um, and Julius Randle. So, um, and, and Kyle Kuzma, by the way, uh, a guy who I've actually po- poked some fun at. I think Jeff Siegel did as well about him being on the uh, on the roster at all. It's important to know that only 12 guys are actually going to make Team USA. Um, so that's, you know, that's that, that's down from where they are now. I think they're at 17 at this moment. They have to cut down, cut down to 12 by August 17th. A lot of people asking why the Hawks guys are not been included so far. I can't really get a good answer because I think Trey Young is a pretty logical addition right now after losing Dame Lillard, which the, which the team did earlier this week. Kyle Lowry is also hurt. So if he is um, able to play, then they're probably okay at point guard for the full-blown roster. But you have Kemba, you have Kyle Lowry, and Donovan Mitchell. Marcus Smart is sort of a utility player in a lot of ways defensively, but has some weaknesses in the international game. He's not a great shooter, etc. So Trey would be a fun addition. I'm not sure um, if he should be on the final 12-man roster, but certainly should probably be included in the guys that are currently with Team USA. And then John Collins is an even easier one, in my opinion. I think John Collins is just a better basketball player than a lot of the guys on this list that have been added recently, especially, you know, I think Kyle Kuzma, who's already on the list, is not as good as John Collins. Um, he's not as good. Uh, John Collins is better than Julius Randle, for example. Uh, Thad Young's just a very different player than John Collins. But just, you know, it's, it would have been pretty easy to add someone like Collins. I think with Trey, you're talking about someone who is only one year in the league. Maybe they have, maybe they have an aversion to that. But it's not really a good example and a good reason to not have John Collins, who was already on the select team, brought in. I'm not really sure why that's going to be taking place. Um, it's not too late necessarily, but there was some report from the AJC that it doesn't seem like young Collins are going to be added to the roster. I, you know, I'm not a huge like stump for your own guys like Homer, as everyone listening to this podcast probably knows. But I do think it would be a lot of fun. I selfishly would love would love to see the content, frankly. Um, but I think Trey would be fun in this in this spot. I think Collins has a very international friendly game with it, with, with the way that he can shoot it now and uh, play some defense and fly around and be, just be athletic and be forceful. So we'll see if either one of those guys gets added to the roster. I hope that does happen. Also, there was a um, a report from Sportando. I think this is probably confirmed at this point in time uh, that Bruno Fernando is going to be on the Angolan team that's trying to qualify and be um, sort of just being uh, being involved in the World Cup. So hopefully that you know if nothing else, we'll see some Bruno, Bruno Fernando on the world stage. Um, Albeit in a less uh, prominent placement, I would imagine, you know, TV wise and viewing wise. But if he's there, that's 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 some interesting stuff to follow along if you're a Hawks fan. But it'd be a lot more fun to see Trey Young and John Collins on the real team USA, and they're on the select team, so not too late so so far. But um, for now, I would say I, dis- I disagree with a lot of the guys that they've added to the mix, including especially uh, Kuzman Randall over Collins. That's make a lot of sense to me, but. Here we are, and uh, I'm not going to spend too much more time on that unless they actually do get added, but want to at least make a comment on that because people were asking why they weren't on the roster, and I don't have a good answer for you, so that's where we are right now. Okay, after this short break, we'll come back and talk, all, talk all about Brandon Goodwin, the newest addition to the Atlanta Hawks. All right, well, we're back, and the Hawks made, uh, at least reportedly, made a two-way addition on Tuesday afternoon. It's important to note that as of this recording time, uh, almost 10 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday evening, the Hawks have not announced this just yet. I've not heard from the Hawks directly on this, but Sham Serenia is, uh, I would basically, basically gold. Um, maybe not quite on Woj's level in terms of just absolute safety, but Shams is right there, and I'm going to assume this is going to be the case. Uh, he reported on Tuesday afternoon the Hawks have signed Brandon Goodwin, a 6'2", 180-pound guard. Um, to a two-way contract. You, of course, would know that Charlie Brown, the St. Joseph's wing, 
is on a two-way deal for the Hawks right now. So this, this would fill out the Hawks' two-way slots. There's only two of those each season, and uh, this would be the second one of those. Um, he's a local product. Brennan Goldman played his high school basketball at Norcross at a state power in Norcross in Gwinnett County. I actually grew up uh, not far from there and played against them a lot of times before they were the actual actual powerhouse that they are now. But they produced a lot of NBA players, Jody Meeks, Alfaruk Aminu, uh, a bunch of different guys uh, who have made their way to the NBA, and Goodwin uh, was in the NBA last year briefly. Uh, before he got to the league, he spent two years at UCF. He actually had an arrest and was um, ended up transferring after two seasons from UCF. It was a uh, a bike theft story that I read about him in 2014 when he was back when he was 18 years old. No formal charges or punishment that I saw from that. But we just wanted to mention it as something that happened. And then he spent his last two years of college at Florida Gulf Coast, where he was very good. Averaged 18.5 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists per game across two seasons. Shot pretty well from 3 as a junior, 35% from, from 3 as a junior, but struggled pretty much overall. 27.5% from 3 as a senior in college, and 30% overall for 4 years. Not great there, but still was the Atlantic Sun Player of the Year. Um, and you know it's a, it's a small conference, but anytime you're a Player of the Year at a conference in college, you're probably pretty good. And uh, Goodwin has a decent pedigree to go along with that. He came in for a pre-draft workout, with the Hawks before the 2018 draft. He was undrafted in that class and then spent last year with the Denver Nuggets organization. He appeared for he appeared in 16 games with the Nuggets last year. He was sparingly used in those contests because Denver, of course, was trying to compete at the, at the highest levels, trying to get um, you know, playoff positioning, etc. But because the Nuggets only had their own uh, G League affiliate, he, he actually played with two different teams in the G League. Played 27 games as a rookie between the Memphis Hustle and the Iowa Wolves. He had really good numbers. 21.3 points per game, 6.8 rebounds per game, which is impressive for a, uh, a small point guard, and then 5.1 assists per game. And shot 55% from, from the two-point range and 38% from three-point range. So very efficient, very strong numbers there. His best shooting of his career from three. Uh, it's a pretty small sample, only 27 games, so that's worth noting. But if that is real, he becomes a lot more interesting as a prospect. Um, I will say, uh, not a huge surprise that the Hawks used their second two-way spot on a point guard. I've talked about that ad nauseum the last two weeks as one of the options that the Hawks could pursue. This, is, this would be the third straight season where the Hawks, basically their third point guard on their roster, at least for right now, will be on a two-way contract. It was Josh Majette two years ago, Joe Adams last year, and now with Brandon Goodwin. Uh, that was an idea that's not like unique to me, but it was certainly something that was out there as an option that the Hawks could pursue. Goodwin was not included on the list of players that I discussed with Jeff Siegel last week on the podcast, talking about a, a bunch of different names because he just wasn't really on my radar all that much. He probably should have been because I actually I've seen him play several times, even go, dating back to high school. My brother coached against him in Gwinnett County, so I, I'm, I'm familiar with Brandon Goodwin's game um, a little bit. I, have not, I did not see a ton of him last year. I look forward to watching some more film on him in the near future. But you know, he's still pretty young. He's 23 years old. He'll be 24 in October. Uh, I do think, based on his pedigree, he's not necessarily proven enough to warrant a full roster contract. But as a two-way addition, it's perfectly fine. Um, there's very little risk here. I think he's a better prospect than John Adams for what it's worth, who was on the, who was on the team last year. I think um, Goodwin was not quite as good of a college player, probably, as Adams was, but just physically, I think his profile is a little bit better than Adams, and he was a little bit better in the G League than Adams has been in the recent past as well. So I think Goodwin's a step up from Jalen Adams. We'll see if he can function on the NBA court as a point guard, but he was able to play last year in the league, so it wasn't like he was uh, locked out of the room as an option at the NBA level. Um, his addition is not the sexiest thing in the world, but it's a two-way contract. You're going to get probably the biggest name in the world, and I think he's a more than adequate addition um, to that to that kind of roster spot. And we'll see him a lot in College Park, I would imagine, along with Charlie Brown. Those two guys will sort of open College Park this season um, in the G League. 
This leaves the Hawks with two roster spots. They could roll one of those into the season, as I've talked about a number of times, but they have to get to 14 within two weeks of the regular season, so they're going to have to sign someone else to a full contract. I think Goodwin, as a point guard, um, does open up a lot of options that the Hawks don't have to sign another point guard now. I don't think it necessarily closes the door entirely on point guard as an option because Goodwin is not like a super proven option, and, and because you know the backup point guard right now is still Evan Turner, who isn't a traditional point guard, but it does allow the Hawks, if they want to, to not to not sign another point guard. Um, so that's something that you have seen. Uh, it has to be at least mentioned right now. I, I thought that the Hawks at some point had to sign a point guard, and they did that. Um, this was the, the less sexy option of a two-way contract to address that, but they're going to have to sign someone. I think it's going to lean veteran based on the reporting that's been out there. Could be Vince Carter. There are other options. I, I, we talked about a lot of them on that podcast with Jeff Siegel last week. So if you missed anything on that show, a lot of it's still relevant. And we talked about a ton of different veterans and young guys that could be on, available on the market. Most of those guys are still available at this point in time. So go back and listen to that if you would like to do so. But you know, for now, Brady Goodwin, third point guard option, two way. I'm intrigued by him. You know, the shooting is the big swing skill for me. We'll see how he can guard. He's not the biggest guy in the world at 6'2", 180, but he's not a pure point guard either. He's definitely more of a scorer in terms of his of his pedigree. So if he's able to shoot from three uh, at an effective rate, that really helps his prospect status. If he's not, and if he reverts back to college, it's, it's a little bit less intriguing at that point in time. So that, that's definitely a swing skill for him, and we'll see more from Brandon Goodwin, obviously, in the future as we get into training camp and beyond. Um, so that's probably enough on this podcast. I know it's a little bit shorter than normal because it's just me on the pod today, but I wanted to break in and break down the latest news for you. Not too much else going on in Hawksland right now. A lot of just like lists and power rankings and all that stuff is that kind of year, that, that, that kind of point in the season right now before we get into the full you sort of ramp up with the top 100 list dropping in August and the full schedule coming out in August, et cetera, et cetera. So Bear with, bear with us for now, a little bit light, but still a three-podcast week. I, I recorded a two-part episode with Brian Schroeder that went up on Monday and Tuesday, so go back and listen to that if you missed that one. I really appreciate that as well. Please subscribe to this podcast via the platform of your choice, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Overcast, Himalaya app. All those places have podcast content, and I really appreciate everybody checking those out. Um, whichever one you want to, latch on and uh, ride with us throughout the regular season and into uh, the summer. And now, as we stand right now in the summer, uh, it's a year-round podcast, so uh, we are here usually every single week with multiple podcasts. So thank you for thank you for your patronage. Again, as I said before at the, begin- at the beginning of the podcast, no more planned episodes this week. We'll get back on the grind next week when I'm back in my home studio. Unless another signing approaches, if, if they sign someone, I will podcast about it. But until then, um, thank you for listening as always. Uh, please subscribe, and we'll see you guys in a couple of days.